This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you, Richard? I am so fabulous that it's ridiculous. But beyond that, uh, welcome everybody to another episode of Hacking the Afterlife with Jennifer Schaefer. And I'm just here to say, what's up? Um, as we've reported before, we don't really have an agenda. The really weird thing wow. about our show, our <laughs> podcast, is not because we don't have assistance to do all the work and the legwork and all the stuff that you know great podcasts have. It's just that our our relationship, our work together, requires spontaneity and improv. Go ahead. Well, what's What's funny is that they're like, uh, no. We have our whole, we have our work people on the flip side. <laughs> They're working on it the whole time. Oh exactly. my gosh. I am I so I corrected. Thank you for correcting me on that one. Of course, That's people funny. on the flip side. And I've had, I had somebody reach out to me on Quora the other day and, and uh, they asked, why haven't you interviewed blah, 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 whoever. And I, I was like, dude, I am so not in charge of who we talk to. I am the last person. We, and it's interesting because people, I work with names. So anybody that books an appointment, you know, I have to ask them, you know, I'll go into it. If we have time, then of course I'll just see who comes in. But to really, for, for somebody to really get the most out of a reading, I'm like, just tell me who you want to talk to. Right. And I'll see who comes in. Because otherwise I'll get other, you know, I'll get other people that they don't want to talk to. It doesn't mean it's bad, but it, it just, that's usually. Right. It, you, I'm sure you've had that experience where it's like Uncle Pete really wants to talk and they really want to talk to Betty, but uncle Pete is there. And so if you say, I want to talk to Betty, you give them permission, which we talked about. Yeah. So yeah. that idea of process. And we talked last week a little bit about dreams and the process of perhaps allowing a dream to be more than a dream. Um, people have asked me about our process of talking to people on the other side. We've talked about that a lot, but Instead of process, let's go straight to our moderator on the flip side, Luana. Does she have someone she wants us to talk to? Luana. Hold on. Luana. <laughs> she just went like this to my shoulders to tell me to, to, calm, to calm down a little bit. That's Good. funny. It's usually the other way around. Um, okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, what was the last question you were asked on Quora? She says. The last question I was asked on Quora, well, Lou, you know, I probably spend a couple hours every day answering questions. And if I let it go, then I've got like so many uh, questions. Uh, it was about, I, this one I'm thinking about was about, you know, who to invite to, converse with us. Lou, do you have someone on your list related to that question? Yeah, I feel like it's related to you. So that's what I need to figure okay, out. Okay, that could be. And so let's just assume for a moment that in my conversation, because anyways. An uncle, do you have an Uncle Bob? I know we always like Bob's your uncle. I get that. Or a Robert then? Well, um, I don't. Well, my brother. But but hang on a second, Lou. Um in, in this person's requesting us to converse, I suggested a person I might talk to. 
And so the question from to you, Lou, is that person want to converse with us? I'm not yeah. being cagey. Yes. Okay. And yeah. so that person to give Jennifer a, a handle on what we're doing, just like we were talking about names help this person. Uh, her first name is Janice. Janice. Okay. She musician. Yes, she is. Is she? I just got a visual of like the mamas and papas, but I don't know who Janice. Very is. close. Oh, it gave me a chill. Gosh, this person performed with the mamas and papas at the Monterey Pop Festival that Luana attended. Okay. Her name is Janice. Just for the audience to know, if someone asked me or sang a song from the Mamas and Papas, I wouldn't know what I wouldn't know who you were. You would know, yeah, that's not in your reference. Yeah, okay. So that's why it's so unique. When she showed me one of the members of the Mamas and Papas, I'm like, oh, and told me the name. That's just what because I know I wouldn't know. But it's also a point that we've made before. It's in reference to Exactly. My awareness of it. And in the film Hacking the Afterlife, there is a section about the Monterey Pop Festival where Luana attended where uh, back in 1967, where we've had this conversation. And this musician. Is that a festival that's happened? Because I feel like she's attended it three times, she says. uh, She must be thinking. I think the person we're talking to had maybe three different festivals that she attended. So let's just focus on this musician named Janice. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do do I, Janice? I want to ask you some questions about your journey, and we'll and eventually Jennifer will see who this person is. Smoking a cigarette. Totally Very good. Sitting down, wearing a velvet dress. Feels like velvet. It's probably the time period that I'm being shown, and I almost feel like somebody's there wearing a hat. So I don't like. Very good. That was her signature style. Okay. Exactly. You just described it to a T. The audience knows who we're talking about, but Jennifer does not, which is fine. Okay, that's fine. I would like to ask you some questions about your journey. But first of all, let's skip down to the most important question, which I'm going to get to. A friend of mine is making a film about you. Is anything you want to say about that? Hold on a second. Did she do a lot of drugs? Too? I know that sounds She like- did. That is correct. Is there a question about how she died? Uh, the there could be. Uh, There's it, multiple reasons, it feels like. It, it's it's drugs, related to drugs, related That's to... What she says. That's what she said. She goes, I because I asked her, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm doing sidebars while you're talking. Please. Like, How'd you die? She goes, lots of drugs and alcohol. And she, but she said, that wasn't what killed me, though. And I don't know if it was a blood clot or an aneurysm or... Oh, okay. Well, that's very interesting to ask that question because, of course, she is, uh, she's quite famous and she, people talk about her in reference to a particular drug, but that's not what's important because we're talking to the person themselves. Yeah, it feels more like heroin. That's exactly what people talk about. Okay. And and I was just reading in your bio. Oh, and she just showed me Amy Winehouse. So something similar to that. Same, similar, it's really actually the same age that Amy died. So that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. And But it's this idea of we're talking to somebody who still exists. So I just want to repeat that. Yeah, we were not talking to a dead singer. Right. And she was a singer yeah, as a really musician. Cool. She has a raspy voice, too. 
Very raspy and voice. Very raspy. Are you sure you don't know who this person is? I have no idea. Maybe. Okay, very good. I, I just want to keep saying that. Sorry known, for the I'm trying not to swear. Known for her raspy voice. Known for her ability to sing. I just want to ask you some she questions. Show me about the range. So she showed me the range of singing. So she showed I'm, me her raspy voice. And then she hit this high note that just, I have chills, like just whacked it, like instantly. Unbelievable. And then, and then her range is just prolific. Very good. You grew up in Texas. I know that you. I just told her, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you came out to uh, San Francisco when you were a kid. You she hitchhiked out there, but you went back home and you were going to become. Go ahead. When she was 14. She don't when she was 15 years old, she okay. hitchhiked out to North Beach in San Francisco. All she saw was drugs. And eventually she became a, a meth addict. Mm. It's a young okay. kid. I'm just repeating the truth. She then moved back to Texas and cleaned herself up. Yep. And she went to see counselors and they said, look, you can be a musician and not get involved with drugs, which of course is not true. What was, very, what was very interesting is so when I, when I told her, I made fun of her, like, I'm sorry. She goes, well, it wasn't that bad. I got cleaned up. She was saying like going, you know, right before you went into right, you know, Texas. Well, Texas yeah. was home. Texas was home. And she was yeah. able to go back home. But to her mom, Dorothy, and her dad, Seth, uh, an oil executive who, who took, cleaned her up, helped her out in Port Arthur, Texas. But then she went back, she came back, and she started to record. People at the University of Texas recorded her first, then she went back to San Francisco and she joined a band. And she became worldwide famous in this band. It's not in the 1960s. And Wait, why did she show me Slash every time you mentioned Oh, okay. The band. <laughs> the band, because uh, I, I'm not that familiar with her band so much to be able to say like that. I, but I think she had a, a, a long like, time. She had to be like Guns N' Roses, you know, Slash. Well, she, she, had a, <laughs> she had a long relationship with a guy named Country Joe McDonald, who you, I'm sure you don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but any, anybody my age out there knows who that is. The, con the concerts that she played at were Monterey Pop. That's where she was discovered, really. Um, and then she played at Woodstock. And I forget the third one, but th th those did two are pretty good. Change, did she change her name? No, but why? Why are you asking? Because I still have no idea who she is. Oh, well, Janice, do you want me to tell Jennifer your last name or do you want to show it to her? Wait, is it Blonde? No, Blondie's still alive. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Really it begins with the letter J. Her last name begins with the letter J. Joplin. Ah. There we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love to watch Jennifer find things on the flip side. It's like it's okay. like finding a, a song. She said Janice Joplin in the beginning. So I went to Mamas and Papas. And then when you said it was Mamas and Papas, well, I said that they performed together on stage. The, oh, the guy who started Mamas and Papas created the Monterey Pop Film Festival with a rock uh, promoter and the two of them. I just assumed Janis Joplin. Oh, my God. Now it's Russian back. Okay, great. That's great. But listen, people tuning in think we're making it up anyway. So it doesn't matter. It's fine. You can't but, make this shit up. <laughs> If you would see our text messages, dude, what time are we? Are you? Yeah, exactly. Are you but, but yesterday, talking to this woman, 
talking to this woman, Cora, I said, you know what? I think I want to talk to Janice because of my friend Randall is making a movie about her. And I wanted to know what she think about that. Is that a good idea? They're doing, you know, is that, is that something that you Amazing, as long as I'm center stage, focus on the happy parts. And he found an actress and he showed me the uh, clip of her, Randall Kleiser. So there's an act, there's somebody that I saw on American Idol, I think, or America's Got Talent that sounded just like Janis Joplin. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But this yeah. actress that, that Randall found, I, I, it's uncanny. Because he showed me the footage that he'd already shot of her. And I went, well, where'd you find this footage of Janice? And he was like, no, no, that's the actress. She really has embodied the part. Wow. So it's a wonderful thing. And listen, now we can tell the story because let's be frank. When she passed away at the age of 27, people just considered it. Well, she was a you know drug addict and what a waste and what a loss. Here we are having a conversation with someone who's not lost, mm -mm. who's not gone. Have you come back yet, Janice? Are you thinking about it? You don't have to show Jennifer who. <laughs> no, it was really cool what she showed me. She showed me like two or three versions of her. She's like, I was way too big of a spirit. I just kind of exploded at 27. So maybe maybe if there was a little versions of her everywhere. <laughs> Smaller. Smaller versions, then she wouldn't, you know, leave the planet like she did. Less of a lightning bolt. I wanted to ask you, I saw a clip of you in a documentary the other night on Clive Davis. Clive Davis, famous She record. said, by the, by the way, she's waiting for her soul group to get their asses back home so she can come back. I her guess soul right. group. And for people not familiar with the nomenclature, those are people that we normally incarnate with. And they don't necessarily have to be members of your band. They could be. But they're classmates, people that you normally come with. And if you want to discover who your soul group is, look around and see who looks familiar. Go ahead. You just showed me George Burns. And I know we saw him last time, I think. We did. We so talked to George. It's all right. Oh, no, no, no. That had to do with somebody else. Okay. That's all right. That's fine. That that is uh, That was George, Bur George Harrison putting right. George Burns forward. So that you wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't figure out who that was. Oh, so that's what they're doing. They're waiting for Paul McCartney. That's hilarious. Anyway, that was a that was a uh, session that you did. That's not part of our podcast. I just happened to have seen it. But here's my point, Janice. You're on the flip side. So who was there to greet you when you crossed over? I feel like a little brother. That might have been. Hold on. Oh, I think she was pregnant once or she had a miscarriage or termination when she was like either. She was younger. It feels like when she was 18. Okay. Maybe when she went back home to Texas, she did have a guy that she was engaged to marry, but didn't marry him. Was that, was that the father or. Feels like it. Okay. Very good. Um, your influences when you were a young person in music, I see that I read that Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey and Lead Belly were all huge influences to get you to become a singer. Have you talked to them since crossing over? They were right there to grab her. They just went. Whoop. And what yeah. was that like? What was So one of them was dead before the other one, right? One of them survived after her, she said. They could be. I don't know. I don't know, something like that. Like one of, but anyway, she um, 
amazing. She's so funny. She's amazing balls. <laughs> amazing. Um, she's kind of, she's laughing. She's like, we kind of never grow up here. We learn a lot, but we don't really grow up. Like her say the same essence of when she left is what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Can, can you recall your, any previous lifetimes? Is that something that's been shown to you or you, you've been able to access? Yeah. Hold on. Huh. Oh, interesting. What century? She said she was a courtesan, like in the 16th century or something. That's where she learned music, apparently. Interesting. But she used to like be a servant of that, you know, here. She ran Very interesting. Back. In fact, yeah. she just was like, it didn't take her a long time to figure out who she was, but it took her a long time to figure out what she liked or what she wanted in her life. What or, she wanted in her life. For those not familiar with the term, it was a very common term in the Renaissance. Somebody who was very wealthy would have a courtesan, somebody like a mistress, but they would they would you know, pay for their education. They would learn instruments. They would learn music, and then they were you know expected to perform in front of everybody else. But they were also the lover of the wealthy whoever you know sponsor. But what a fascinating idea! And then you know here we are, so many centuries later. And it's a version of that because, of course, you have to work with the record label. Now, Clive Davis told a story about when he signed you at the Monterey Pop Festival. What's your memory of that? Because I saw what he had to say. She says she was ex she's showing me just all this excitement, but she didn't want anybody to own her. So it was kind of like a little battle, it feels like. Fascinating because... He claimed, now this was a straight-laced Harvard businessman, Harvard uh, attorney. She said she fully nailed it down of what she wanted, or she fully, like, she had no hesitation to tell this person what she wanted. She was not going to be subservient to some label or whatever. That's the feeling I'm getting from her? That's correct. Okay. And she, and she, he was thrust into the spotlight, became the head of Columbia Records, this was his first time going to see a pop concert of hippies because he was dressed like a guy in a tennis outfit, but he fell in love with her. He saw her, his life changed. He went backstage, he signed her to a record deal. And he said that her reaction was let's go to bed and consummate the deal. And as it, I don't, maybe she was joking, but you know, he was like, I'm flattered, but <laughs> no, I, I don't know what that means, but everything you said is accurate. He was a business. He that's why the musicians loved him because he was a business business guy. Yeah, you know, in a world where people made up stuff and never came through. Right. Uh, anything you want to say to Clive Davis? Just curious. Thank Still. you. Thank, Thank you. you. She's almost like a little bit emotional about it. She feels like she let him down by leaving so soon. You know. Um, yeah. She's eternally, which has a whole different meaning when they say it from there, eternally grateful they, that they found each other. Interesting. Have you kept an eye on him in any way? Or She goes, it's a full team up here keeping an eye on him. <laughs> it's true. Quite a few of the artists that we've spoken to were part right. of his Aretha, other people, Whitney. 
people yeah. who are all part of his entourage and journey. So let me ask you about musicians. Are you singing? Or are you performing with anybody? Or how does that work? We're making new chords, like new, hold on, new frequencies. We're trying to invent different versions. And she's showing me like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2020s. That's crazy. That's what we're in. Um, different frequencies within it, like a different like tone. So if you take like disco, disco tech or whatever, you just change it a little bit. Yeah. Or like a chord, whether you're strumming a guitar or whether you're playing piano or there's a drum. Yeah. So you play guitar, but it's not a guitar. It's a different type of different type of instrument that, right. that whatever, that of course, the, that produces similar sounds. And we've heard this from some oh of my the gosh, so funny. It's like, you know how everybody's in, sorry to interrupt. Everybody's right. in to, you know, to go to Mars or whatever. And they're just laughing over there about it. And <laughs> she's like, everybody over here is in a race to invent something that sounds way more spectacular than the last. Wow. So it's like you're putting all those musical minds together and say, well, what's a sound that we can do that really, so who's good at that? That you, when you look around the crowd or the people, everyone, the guy from the cars keeps the Rick Okasek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a recent then, class member. He's been, oh, been there. And then Eddie. And then Eddie Van Halen, one of the Eddie great Van guitarists Halen. of all time. He says he's like number one, even up there. She's like, <laughs> she's like, asshole. <laughs> I'm number one. She's like, he's still giving the music away. <laughs> Well, that's great. I mean, look, it is, you know, when we when we try to judge each other about who we were or who we are, we get lost in the miasma because of everybody's on a level like a, you know, level playing field, level, so. no hierarchy. And now you meet some great music, Beethoven, it doesn't matter. And now you say, hey, listen to this. And then they participate. Plus, you're creating the construct, the, the you know, ones and zeros of the mathematics of how to create the yes. instrument. You know what I just asked her? I'm like, can you touch someone and get all their information? And she's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> we have heard that. It's like an instant download. Imagine having That's a USB plug. No, and she goes, but you can't really tell if you already knew that from before or, or whatever it is. She's like, it's not, she's just, it's just different, but way cooler than, hey. And she goes, then you're mind reading. Well, I always laugh because people are like, what if you're just reading my mind? I'm like, oh, because that's so easy to do. So easy to do. What are you doing over there, Janice? Besides creating music and racing to create music, are you singing? <laughs> she goes, what do you think I'm fucking doing? Philanthropy work? She goes, no, I'm making music. Hold Excellent. On. Do I know this is a silly all question. She's doing all of it, she says. All of it. Do you still create Southern Comfort? I'm just curious because that was your whiskey. Because people talk about creating the flavor. Making it better. Better? Okay. Hold on. Hmm. She says she just helped Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I know. Does he have a whiskey or does he have Oh, he does. Yeah, he has a tequila. That's funny. Tequila. So you have your own? You have your own Janice Joplin Southern Comfort? Something like that. There's like so people can come by and visit you and go, Can I get a sip of that? And then you present it to them. He says he does it. Everybody can do that from anywhere. You can, it's like on tap. It's not, they don't need her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Of course, you can't get drunk. That's the problem. You don't have brains. So, you know, it's just the taste. You can make it the imitation of that. Yes. But well, you remember the times you were drunk. And you he's say, like, well, just like, then it's like you're that one person that's on the, you know, like the spectrum. Like, like <laughs> no one else is doing it, but you are. It's just as if no one does it. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh... And so, anything for my friend Randall? in terms of what they should focus on in terms of your story. Sorry. So funny. She goes, we treat ourselves coming back to earth to do that again. Right. Drink. In other words, uh, yeah. in other words, that's why you might come back. Like I miss being drunk. So I think I'll come back, but anything about your story that people should know. Her relationship with her mother how she didn't get along until later, but it all worked out. Like she ended up getting signed. She ended up coming back to get treatment. She, had, she goes, so even the most difficult of relationships might not be bad when everything else works out, despite the way it ends. Beautiful. That shows an arc of someone's life. Even if, even if their life is cut short, they yeah. might learn something of an arc of like, I'm you know struggling, struggling, struggling. Oh my gosh, I love this person unconditionally. What was it like to see your mom when she finally came over? Or I don't know if she's still on the planet. I don't think she is. I would assume she's not. I couldn't wait to get her. And then I told her she was going to rehab. <laughs> rehab in heaven. Rehab in heaven. Gaz- and it would cost a gazillion dollars to send her there. Wow. Okay. Anything you want to say to your fans? And especially because no one's going to believe we're talking to you. What? Keep listening. She's saying, keep listening. listening. Make your own music. Take certain sounds from different, you know, eras or different albums or records or whatever you want and make your own music. She just showed me Dua Lupa. Like she's taking all the fun, like, frequencies of everything and mixing it and you know she goes the combinations of a lot of artists are much better than just one you know no one works alone it's challenging to work alone have you seen amy winehouse (laughs) she's like i was amy huh emotionally anyway yeah yeah she says that um yeah, Amy was greeted with, oh, that's so cool. She was greeted with applause. She said everyone was applauding her when she came. They wanted her to know that she fulfilled her mission. Wow. That's yeah. brilliant. That's sweet. Have you seen Jimmy over there? Yes. Jimmy's everywhere. <laughs> Jimmy, I can't even believe he was a guitar player here. She's like, He's every, he plays every single part. Oh, that's what it, okay, thank you. About the dream state. I've been using that. And you know how we use, you know, whenever you feel something and you don't think it's yours, I've told people to say it three times. Who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? Say it silently and it'll cut, cut, off, the, um, cut off the energy. And sometimes you'll get a picture in your head of who it belongs to or whatever. So when you said last week, just to recap a little bit last week about dream state, just say, thank you for playing. 
thank you so much for playing in playing who you were in my dream state, you know, whatever you were doing as actors, that has been the greatest gift for me because a lot of times I'm like, ah, it's so heavy or whatever in my dream state that when I wake up, the feeling stays with me, even if I don't remember the dream. So then when I say, thank you for playing in my game, it immediately cuts off that energy. It is the craziest thing. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. I mean, it just popped into my head in the middle of a dream. These are all actors <laughs> that I've cast. Oh, my God. So the, Jimi Hendrix reminded me of that. Like, yeah, he's just popping in everywhere. He, he appears yeah. to show up in so many places. I've, I've learned so much about him recently because of his Native American journey and how he encouraged other Native American artists to embrace their history and their code. And I know Jennifer has other people to talk to and lives to save. This is so but fun, though. I can't believe they didn't know it was Janis Joplin. They purposely don't let me. <laughs> so this is another thing they'll do, the other side. Another thing that they'll do is they'll, like, when you're looking for your keys, they'll take your awareness from the keys. And then all of a sudden you'll find them. They don't necessarily move them. Right. They just take your awareness away from where it is. Yeah. So I just told Janis Joplin, so I went to, you know, just when you're, don't judge what comes through. It's taken me years not to judge what's, what comes through, thanks to you, mainly. And it is kind of fun to be surprised like that. But that is kind of nice. What a fun day. What a fun thing. Let me ask Luana one question, which is this woman bugging me on Quora because we hadn't interviewed a lot of women on our podcast. And I said, You're, you haven't seen the books. We have interviewed quite a few women. But anyway, because she asked that question, I said, well, you know, you should ask your own questions. But I said, you know, I think I'd like to interview Janice. Lou, did you put the thought in that woman's yes. mind? Okay. Of course. Get it to bug me so that I would ask Janice these questions so I can share it with my and friend. you just asked me what is, I'm like, she says something about you and Cora. Like, it was just funny, the whole thing. But that is funny, the whole thing. I just don't be amazed. All right. Be amazed. Be amazed. Maybe I'm amazed. Be love amazed. Love. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Love, love. Okay, bye, Jennifer. Bye. Thank you. This has been Hacking the Afterlife Podcast. To watch the film Hacking the Afterlife, go to Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. For more information, JenniferSchaefer.com, RichMartini.com, or MartiniZone.com.